Okay, so we're continuing here. So um, we're right before the uh, the Isodos. And um, in the Kafach, I think it's uh, it's Kufmem in mind. Paragraph, Okay, so he just concluded with the idea that Olam um, is the ultimate, um, is the Tachlis. And that's why the Tana is uh, skipping over everything else and just discussing Olam Haba. I call you sure you still call it Olam Haba. Doesn't mean that doesn't mean Olam Haba is the only star. Uh, it's only the more, but it's the Tachlis. That's why the that's the one that the Tana is discussing. Um, and now the Rambam says, yeah. And he, and he describes the idea of lishma a little bit more that we were discussing, the idea of being internally guided, uh, and then he says a little bit of a, of a, of a seems a little bit tangential. He says, "Va'ani osid l'chaber chibur, osif bo kol hadroshos anemtsos b'talmud v'zulato." Rama makes a um, promise. He says, or states a an aspiration that I will in the future put together a book where I'll gather all of the drushos that are found in Talmud and in other places and I will explain them. The Asbirem Hezber Matanemus. You having a hard time finding it? Um, so he says, I'm going to elucidate them and I'm going to give an explanation that will bring them in line with the truth. Okay. Uh, and I'll bring rios to every, to all of their words. I'll bring rios to all of this from their words. I'll explain what in these Russian are literal and what are allegorical. What occurred in the dream and they mentioned as if it happened in actuality, uh, as if it happened simply while they're awake. Um, and in that chibor, I will explain to you Amunos Rabos. Okay. Yeah. So wh why is I mentioning this over here? Because in the beginning, right, he started off explaining that there were different, many different groups of people um, and different uh, ideas about Olam Haba and, uh, and Gehenim and the ultimate star and the ultimate uh, you know, punishment. And he said, as he was explaining those different groups, he said, each one has things to rely on in Gemara's and Hazal and the Drushan. So he, and, and he's giving an explanation that doesn't sound like it fits in with you know, the, the, the things that you read in the Midrash. So he has, so he's explaining over here, look, I don't have time right now to explain how all of these Mizrashim that sound very different from the from what I'm describing, um, you know, how, how they are uh, how they should be interpreted. But uh, ultimately, eventually, that's that's what he plans on. That's what he planned on on uh, on, on composing. Okay, and he says, um, so 
Muotos Kadeshis Takish Alam. So in there, in the, there I'll explain um, all the things that I that I mentioned to you um, from their words here, and and I'll and I'll bring them like examples, some examples, and you'll have to make a your own comparisons to them, right? It's not going to make, it's not going to elucidate every single thing, but it'll give you sort of a blueprint. Um, he says, He says, now saying about what he's about over here. Don't, don't, you can't be um, particular, right? Be on, on me, but the fact that I'm using certain terms in this parish of nice that are not, um, you know, strictly speaking, in line with the way the Chachamim uh, use them, right? He says, Maybe I'm using things out of their, uh, the way that the Anche Chachma are a mockery to do. He says, because I'm only, my only concern over here is to um, to try to explain I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, aiming at a novice over here. I'm not using all of the uh, fancy and strictly, um, you know, correct uh, terminology. I'm using more of a, um, you know, the colloquial uh, terms and, and and don't try to pick apart, you know, particular uh, word and say it's not being used in its precise philosophical you know, uh, uh, meaning. I'm trying to get across the basic idea to someone who's not a um, sophisticated philosopher. Um, so I want to give everybody some kind of a sense uh, of understanding of these matters. And I'm not, I can't be super precise and accomplish the, the goal of reaching the, the matches. Now, that sounds like a great book that Ron promised to write. Right? <laughs> right? He's gonna, you're gonna write a book with all of the midrashim and explain them fully and tell you what's uh, uh, what's literal, what's an allegory. Yeah. And so what happened to that book, right? Yeah. What happened to that book? Hold on. Right. I'm sorry. So in other words, over there, I'm going to give you the full explanation of things that I just gave you little little snippets of over here. So in the Ram, in the Mordavukram, in the introduction to the Mordavukram, the Rambam discusses what happened to that book. Fascinating. Um, and he says as follows. He just died. No, 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 no. I thought he said never got around. No, 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 no. The Kreskas is uh, the lucky. No, no. no. He says like this. Um, it's uh, in the Friedlander, in the simple Friedlander, without the footnotes, it's on page four in the introduction. And he says, in our commentary on the Mishnah, we stated our intention to explain difficult problems in the book on prophecy and in the book on harmony. So in the in the Hakdama to the Kershnais, to the very beginning of the Hakdama, where he discusses 
what a Navi does and, and, and where a Navi is superior to a Chacham or is not superior to a Chacham, um, and, and which Nebua makes him, uh, establishes what establishes him as a Navi and what could uh, you know, disprove him as a Navi. Uh, that's in the beginning of the um, of the uh, the whole parish shayas. I think over there he says, "I'm going to do a book on the Okay, um, but this one, so he so he had promised two two swarm. Okay, yeah, he had promised two swarm. Um, so he says one who's called the book on prophecy, and one is the book of harmony, which is this what he's alluding to over here. We need to bring Kazal into harmony with reason. In the latter, we intended, that's the Book of Harmony, to examine all the passages in the Midrash, which, if taken literally, appear to be inconsistent with truth and common sense, and must therefore be taken figuratively. Right? Many years have elapsed since I first commented, um, commenced those works. We started both of those works, and um, he said, I had proceeded but a short way and I became dissatisfied with my original plan. Okay. For I observed that by expounding these passages by means of allegorical and mystical terms, we do not explain anything, but merely substitute one thing for another of the same nature. So he had a choice. Or he could take those Mishalom or Chazal, and he could recast them in different language, or use different Mishalom. He says, well, that wouldn't get you anywhere. That would just be switching marshal for marshal. Okay. Um, that's one possibility. Or, obviously, the other possibility is just make it clear. So he says, while in explaining them fully, our efforts would displease most people. So if he would, you know, hide the ideas, so they're already hidden, what, what is he gaining? And if he explains them, then they will be displeasing to most people. And my sole object in planning to write those books was to make the contents of Midrashim and the exoteric lessons of the prophecies intelligible to everybody. Strange. So he had like a, um, he realized, he realized that, that he can't accomplish that goal. Because his goal was to be able to explain Midrash to everybody. And he realized that um, if he's if he's substituting one term for another, he's not explaining. And if he's explaining, he won't reach everybody because the people that he's trying to explain it to will be dissatisfied. So it will not it will not uh, bring them any. It will not bring bring them to greater knowledge. It'll it'll cause them. Harm it would seem. It would cause them, or at least it would, uh, it would cause them to consider the Rambam uh, a heretic, possibly. So he says, and my the object in planning to write those books was to make the contents of Midrashim and the lessons of the prophecies intelligible to everyone. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't accept them. People would not accept them. It would not make them more intelligible. We had further, we have further noticed that when an ill-informed theologian reads the Midrashim. He will find no difficulty. And now he's saying like this. So maybe you'll say, I have an obligation. Because I have an obligation to try to help. Because uh, there are those, who, the state of affairs now is one that's causing harm. So maybe it's better, maybe I'm better 
to write the safer because there's a there's a there's a present harm in the situation. She says it's not really as harmful as it seems because people who read it who are not big chachamim it doesn't bother them. So theirs they they remain satisfied religiously. Right? It's not driving them away from from any kind of um, state of attachment to Torah. It doesn't bother them that, the, that these stories sound uh, crazy. As a matter of fact, the Ram says elsewhere that the Hamon, they, they find this, um, you know, uh, this becomes like importance. Like, uh, this becomes like some kind of, um, you know, uh, like expression of the greatness of Torah. How, how, how Mystical and uh, and and uh, supernatural it seems. So for them, he says, it doesn't harm them. Okay, for possessing no knowledge of the properties of things, he will not reject statements which involve impossibilities. So that's the guy who is not a wise. He's not really a, a chacham philosophical. So it doesn't bother him. Right, like in the, in the Ram discusses in the in this pair of shrines, we're discussing the different groups of people. So he says, okay, so yeah, you'll have people who accept everything in Chazal, even though they're accepting it literally. It's not that's not that's not going to cause a harm, because they'll still have their attachment to Chazal. They'll still have their conviction in Torah. Um, when, however, a person who is both religious and well educated reads them. He cannot escape the following dilemma. Either he takes them literally and questions the abilities of the author and soundness of his mind, meaning the author, doing thereby nothing which is opposed to the principles of our, of our faith. That's the amazing statement. Or he will acquiesce in assuming that the passages in question have some secret meaning and he will continue to hold the author in high estimation, whether he understood the allegory or not. So there's an amazing statement of the Ramalia. And he's basically saying that even if the person, and this is this is the only potential harm, right? The potential harm is somebody will read it and be um, you know, have, have certain scientific philosophical knowledge, whatever it may be, and say this this sounds crazy. The one who wrote this must be a little off. And it would seem that that was exactly the concern that the Ramam had when he intended to write this, right? But, uh, but now in, in, the, in the introduction to the Mori, he says, that's not such a terrible thing. Because even if someone says that, they're not what he calls, that, that's, that's nothing that is, that is nothing which is opposed to the principles of our faith. Made the statement. Even though it sounds like it's not Krishna even though it sounds like he's, you know, mocking the the, the, the Ram over here is saying he is all he's doing is belittling or uh, or uh, what he calls rejecting individual Fahama. Not the whole Masora of Torah. And the person reads Medrash and says, that's crazy. That's not something that creates 
a uh, problem in the uh, in, in the in the Isodos because he's saying, in effect, I believe in Torah. I believe in the Fachmot Torah, and this guy he sounds like he's a little off. Okay, he says, oh, maybe in this area he had bad ideas. Because even if a person would say such a thing, even though Ram is saying it's wrong, even where if a person were to say such a thing, Ram says that's not that's not that's not clear. And therefore, he he, he didn't he, he felt it wasn't uh, on balance. There was no. It, Better not to write the table. Again, because he's really trying to reach Namon and he recognizes that he'll never get there. It's amazing. He'll never, he'll never be able to bring Medrus to Namon. You know what's popular? The little Medrus says that's popular. But the Rambam's explanation of how every Medrus makes perfect sense and represents some idea is not going to be popular. So it's just not going to be. You can't, you can't make people. Can't make the Hamon interested in something that that is not part of what their worldview is. It's not going to happen. So it, it, it's 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 just going to distance them from the uh, from the Rambam in general. So it's better off to leave that alone. And I, there'll be a guy, there'll be Chachamim who who read Midrashim and are turned off to particular Midrashim. That that's not a that's not uh, critical. That's not a um, uh, a problem of um, of uh, of pure. And uh, the other possibility, of course, is good that he'll he'll recognize it as something he doesn't understand, and he'll he'll be like the third guy. Yeah. What was interesting is um, even though he he. Even though he's not going to do go through all the midrashim, I mean, in a certain sense, the the in the Moranavulchim still is laying out, you know, an idea of, of an approach to the midrash. But um, he's not going to be able to cover every midrash. Yeah, good. You have to understand that the Ramam Ram says that not every, even if it's, even if he, the person will get strange ideas from the Midrashim, that's, that's certainly not something that bothers Ram. Because if, if it's not something that has to do with the Yisodei Hadas, so he's not bothered, he says many times, he's not bothered by the fact that a person has a mistake. Back to the person, you don't have. There's no need to correct every misconception that a person has. The only ones we have to correct are the ones that have to do with the Yisodia dust. And uh, the Ram says, for instance, I just happened to be seeing, I just happened to be reading this, in, for instance, in chapter five, in the first book. He says, "It will do no harm, however, if those who are unable to comprehend what we here endeavor to explain should refer all the words in question to sensuous perceptions." He's talking about when the um, says when you when you see uh, like in the in the Chazal in in the Psukim it talks about uh, uses terms of Re'ia and Chaza uh, uh, by um, let's say by the by Hibit by the snack right Moshe saw the the Aish and the and the Atzilei Ben Yisrael they saw 
the sapphire, so like the the sapphire floor, uh, you know, underneath uh, Hashem, uh, so to speak. So he said, the Ram says, look, all of these things are really martial, and all of those expressions of seeing are in are really talking about ideas and either correct ideas or false ideas or Moshe's, Moshe's fear of trying to understand something he's not ready, but knows all of those references to seeing are not references to actual physical perception. He says, but even if people take that to mean perception, and what does he mean? To seeing lights created for the purpose or angels or similar beings, he says, there's no harm. So if a person thinks that um, that the depictions in, in, in the Torah of a person seeing a malach, which the Ram considers to be a maranavua, because if a person thinks that there's really a physical thing that he sees, he says there's no harm in that. The Ram mentions also in the um, in his treatise on Tchias uh, Amazing. It also says if a person thinks a, a malach is a physical thing, he does he says it's wrong, but it's not a harmful wrong idea. You have a differentiate between a wrong idea and a harmful idea. As long as he's not attributing any physicality to God, it doesn't bother us if he if he has mistaken ideas elsewhere. And the Ramam's, and that's part of, you know, like the Ramam's whole, what he's leading up to. And, and maybe that's exactly why he's coming in right now. And that is, there's a difference between wrong ideas and ideas that remove you from the, uh, from, from Yavis itself. And the Rambam recognized that you can't you can't eradicate every wrong idea. You can just but 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 you but but you have to concentrate on on cultivating and preserving the core knowledge that that makes a person the self Israel. And when he thought he would write the safer on on, on Marshall. Apparently, his objective was to try to remove mistakes from people's uh, minds, and that he rec- that he realized in later in later later days that um, it's not possible and it's not uh, critical. It's interesting. It's interesting. Exactly, uh, the Kafach says there's no there's nobody knows exactly what the Ramam wrote. Even though he said he started writing this book, to, to his knowledge, there's not any. There's no remnant of it at all. There's no like first draft. We don't have any, 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 any uh, scraps from that uh, from that notebook. Yeah. So we don't know exactly what his uh, what it con- what it consisted of. You do have to explain, uh, as you say, what is Havamin was. Oh, the Sefer on Nevoah. Basically, he he folded it into the garden. That one he didn't, he didn't give up on. But this one he gave up on. The Avmin Rambam has a little, you know, everyone knows has, has an introduction to Gaza. But um, but uh, the, the comprehensive safer the, the Rambam side not the right. Anyway, so let's go a little bit. He says, he says, um, now, now he's going back to the um, to the text of the mission, right? The mission says. Yisrael 
ואלו שאין להם חוקר העולם. So what does that mean? First it says every Jew has a portion in Olam Haba. Okay, because it says your nation are all righteous, right? Uh, they will uh, eternally inherit the land. So that's an eternal inheritance of Olam Haba. But now it says ve'elu she'elam chayavahava. Yeah. So what does that mean? So apparently it means they're not uh, part of you, part of Israel. So let's see. Ha'om ha'omer ein tchias ha'mesim. That's one thing. Ve'ein Torah min ha'shamayim. That's the second. We'll have to see why these are. So uh, why why we have these particulars. And then, and then, but then he gives a general category. He says, Ve'apikaris. Okay. So we know what Tchiyas HaMesim is. Right? We know what Torah Minashamayim is. Um, and those are, I, those are beliefs. Or negations of beliefs. But Apikaris is just, is just like a, is just like a, a noun. An Apikaris. Right? What, what does that, uh, what does it indicate? So Ram says, Milas Apikaris Interesting. He says the word apikoros is an aromis word, and it's it indicates some kind of degradation of Torah or chachmeyata. Therefore, menichem shame zebistam. They use this term in general, just. Uh, Bistam on anyone Amisha Eno Mamin be Sodos Hatora O Mivaze as a Chachomim O Eza Talmud Chachomim Shehiyah O Rabba. So it's interesting, like we were saying before, with Raman in that introduction, he said it doesn't seem to matter, doesn't mind so much. But you must say that, that the distinction is whether he is uh, negating the um, now, there's one thing to say that a chacham, that an individual says, you know, this might happen or that might happen. That's not a mesorah. That's not that's not an institution of Torah Shabbat. Okay, so you'll say, okay, there's a the Ram himself says um, there are many um, in many many uh, statements of Hazal about astrology, and the Ram says astrology doesn't doesn't make sense. And those those chazal and they held. They said the they, 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 it wasn't universally held, and um, and uh, I'm not sure if you use the term they were mistaken or not. But but basically, that's a um, a personal belief, and um, that that type of a thing. Apparently, the Ram was saying in, in the introduction, that's not considered a mizalzel chazal. Uh, you're talking about the Chochmei HaTorah and the um, and the, the Chachomim, that's in reference to them as Bali HaMesorah. And um, it, it's, it's a distinction that needs to be clarified a little bit more. Seems to be a very fine line. But um, but but, uh, but but he's saying that the term Apikoros is, is is that kind of a label? It's not a specific belief. And apikaris is not a specific content. 
not a specific belief. It's it's a generic term for anyone who basically is negating Torah, and he's trying to um, trying to make light of the whole institution. Okay, but he doesn't explain exactly um, if it's associated to a specific belief. Here, here he's putting it on like it's like what like he call like uh, like late summer type of thing. A guy just he just is a mavazator. He just uh, puts it, pushes it aside, and uh, and tries to undermine it like an ad hominem type of attacks, right? Okay, um, that's one. That's those are three things. Mesim, again, it's very specific. Tarban Shemayim and an apikoros. And also, I think that when he says apikoros, like a term, it it represents a certain kind of a. Uh, like a stance, right? There are groups of people, and there are those who are. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a a a, um, a position, right? It's it's like an allegiance to a counter movement of against the uh, against Chazal, like in um, <clears throat> they have like uh, the the Tadukim and the Baisusim, like you know, <clears throat> it's like a certain it's a certain um, <clears throat> movement. Okay. Uh, the masculine, that type of thing. Now, Swarm, he has a Rebekiva Omer, Afa Kori Besvarma Chitzonim. What does that mean? Ramam says, um, those are Sifre Minim. Okay, a Min is someone who, uh, I'd say, I can't say Apikaris. A min is someone, according to the Ram, we see in the uh, in the Yad, as someone who has a um, false idea of God, <clears throat> and he says so to the, the 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 works of Ben Sira. Okay, and what was Ben Sira? He was an individual who composed Svarim uh, de Hadios, like fantasies, like like craziness in things about Al Farasa. So what's Al Farasa? In the footnote here, he says that's what they call physiognomy, right? The the science of uh, or this this idea that you can tell a person's character from the from his facial characteristics, right? So he says that's like silly, like like nonsense kind of stuff. He says, "Boy, uh, so." He says, what does it mean someone who reads the Rikiva is including into someone who has no haba, someone who reads Svarim HaChitonim. And the Ram says, what is Svarim HaChitonim? He's saying it's not Kfira. It's not that he's reading Kfira. It's that he is reading this, these types of books that are nonsense. And what's interesting is he has a couple of examples, but one of them is like th- this whole study of the um, of, uh, of characteristics of, of personality traits related to physical uh, features. There's, no, it's like it's like an investment of time and energy into some kind of ridiculous pursuit, and you're turning something that has really no basis into like a um, into a uh, a study, 
What did we say last time? Uh, he didn't like that last time. <laughs> so he says, he going, Elo Aswaram Amatsuyim Eitzel Aravim. It gets worse. Misifri Hadoros. Uh oh. So these are like these, like the books that you, that the Arabs have about uh, the generations. Uminhagi Hamalachem, Vichuse Shivte Aravim, Vesifri Hashirim, Ukiyotibem, Minasvaram She'ein Chachmovahem. So basically someone who's investing all of their time and energy into using their, their minds just for occupying their time, just, just wasting time, just, um, you know, maybe the, 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 the form of learning and studying, but absolutely no content, no benefit into no benefit philosophically and no benefit practically. So that's a person basically who's not existing as a Ben Olam Haba. It's interesting. The Ram says, um, now, now what's interesting, what's interesting, uh, a serious question is, what does this person believe? In other words, it, could, it, could a person be a from Jew, keep all of Torah, and yet be in, you know, preoccupied with Arabic history of the kings and lose his chilev Yeah. Yes, this person just... In other words, like you could say, Tchiyas Mason and Torah Shemayim, so those are going to be one, of course, those are part of the Yud Gimel Ukarim, the Ram has, right? But could it, but, but just because, so certainly if you, if you deny one of the Ikarim, of course, it's okay. But it seems like this is like extra, like even if you had the Ikarim, even if you accepted the Ikarim, but you still led your life just wasting your time, it seems you still have the Yeah. It also seems like so let's say a guy just spent his whole life in chess. Okay, whole life is chess. Things like right. more, like more just like also it seems like the way his description includes mathematics. What's that? Mathematics. Yes, yeah, good question. What well, all he do is mathematics. Good question. Well, that see that that's interesting. When he says hakore what does that mean? Does that mean you read it once, you read it twice, or he's constantly hakore? That's like his life. That's his life. Oh, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, the Ram says in um, on the Mishnah in Sanhedrin about uh, Psuli Edus. So, so the Mishnah says that a gambler Right is not is, is posilatus. A gambler is posilatus. So it's a question: What's the posilatus of, of a gambler? Right. Yeah. So I think the Gemara discusses the uh, machlokus of there, and then the the uh, the, uh, the way the Ram interprets it is that um, he's not involved in yishav yishavards. Right. He's not involved in any tikkun olam. He's an out like a gambler in those days. Think like uh, you know, Wild West. And he's just going from town to town, 
and you're supporting yourself on this uh, with gambling. You're not providing any service to society. You're not, you're, not, you're not involved in any kind of productivity. And the Ram says there's only two, only two uh, justifications to a person's existence. Either he's involved in Talmud Torah or he's involved in Yishevola. And the guy is just a gambler. He's not involved in Torah. He's not involved in Yishev Olam. He's considered like a Raka. I believe so. I believe that's what says over there. Rashi says a gambler is no good because he doesn't know anything about business. He doesn't know anything about transactions. How could he be a good ape? He doesn't understand the, doesn't understand, you know, civil society and uh, the way people uh, operate. He's an outsider in society. But the Ram says that no, there's there is only a, the, the, you have to justify your existence. Your existence, you only justify your existence either in terms of Osik and Torah or your Osik and Gizabal. But the Ram does seem to say, and, and I think it means that it becomes I think it means it becomes like a value. That becomes a value. And it's even this. Of course, the guy is just a uh, beach bum uh, living his life, just uh, catching waves. And of course, he has a chela. But this is this has a certain intellectual it has a certain intellectual element. To it. There's a, a study and uh, right, but still the Ram is saying, according to this, according to Rabbi Kiva, if his whole uh, his whole uh, intellectual life is devoted to just Figuring out what someone did, uh, you know, uh, I mean, that's, yeah. It has no, has no, has no uh, what, what you're saying? He has no, there's to Ellis So what does it mean by ain That's the question. What does it mean ain The ain to Ellis Right? So you say mathematics, that's chachma. Yeah. Next question is like, why, why did that be different? Right. So the Rams, and, 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 and it's an important question. Is this, is this history? So I'll read it again. He says, Svarim ha-metsuyim etel ha-ravim, right? Misifre ha-doros u-min hoge ha-malochim. V'yichuse shivte ha-ravim. Okay, so that's really, I don't know if that's, I mean, to say, to study history, there is a study, to, there is a science of history. And essentially, you're looking at psychology, right, human nature, and it's a, it's a deeper study of, there, there could be a study of, I mean, if you're trying to figure out causes of, of events, there, there is a certain chachma to that. That basically comes down to human psychology, right? But the Ram's not discussing that. It sounds more like very superficial. Just stories, sifriadoros, like legend, like, you know, I don't know if you know, but Arabs are big storytellers. Most of it is lies, right? Um, what is their fame? The Arabian Nights, right? It's a compilation of just these Atlantis stories. So that's just entertainment. There's no chachma in these things. Sifriadoros, minhagi hamalachim, who cares? That's just, those are things that just catch your, your imagination. But I don't think the Ram would would classify. There, there is a chachma of um, of history. There is a chachma of mathematics. Sounds like movies. It sounds like he's like movies or Hollywood. This is, 
basically entertainment. Basically entertainment. That's just Ibuddha's mandalad. Yeah. So that's why if you, you know, um, if you're analyzing it, that's, that's a totally different thing. That we're just talking about like something he's trying to check out of. Basically right. Just checking out. And, 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 um, and these things are very uh, captivating. How did kings live? You know, you identify, you fantasize, those kinds of things. Truth of the matter is, yeah, I do think that is a very strong draw of history. I think I think the Chachma is, I think that, that is a very strong draw in history. I, I've noticed a lot of people who are, you know, involved in history, it's kind of like a academic gossip. It's like gossip. It's like it's a bit of a, it, it seems like a lot of like, like they just love the intrigue, the personal intrigue of what happened in these in these people's lives thousands of years ago. And it's just like they get some kind of vicarious thrill out of what people were doing. I don't really think most people are drawn to history. I think they just like the soap opera element of it. And it's exciting. Strange, but anyway. Now he says like this. So let's do the last two over here. He says, so it's a strange list of things. So that means to say that a person is, he gets an injury, right? And he, it's like some kind of an incantation. He quotes a pasuk to help himself heal or something. So it's a, it's a long discussion in the Gemara. But the Gemara says, It's only if he spits. Okay, so it's not so much that he's lochesh, but he's using the Shem Hashem and he spits. So that is some kind of a deficiency in his, uh, that's more of a philosophical deficiency of, of Zilzul Hashem. Again, again, I have to think about that. Does that mean he, he's trying to, no, he's trying to work these things into some kind of a greater philosophical flaw. Okay, so a person, and, and that's connected with the next one. The next one is hashahoga es hashem ba'osiyoso. Okay, that means Ram says sheyega. He pronounces yud, and then the 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 shame of dalad osios yud k vav k. Question: If you're allowed to even say the uh, the letters, there's a shu shame of So again, that's like someone who who is negating. See, the Shem Hashem is really our, represents the, our Chochmah of Hashem, our knowledge of God. And uh, shame is a, um, is a uh, identifier, right? So he's saying if a person takes the, 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 that whole realm of knowledge of God and he's just, and he's uh, basically uh, either being Mizalzala, he's using saying no. Saying, you know what, you know what the value of, of, of the Shem Hashem is? It's just this, it's just this uh That's a philosophical negation of the perfection of the of the shame. The other one is Hagoga Shame Osios is interesting. It's a person who's saying that he has a certain uh familiarity with it. He he, he treats it like anything else. As, both of those things are are, 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 are are an essential error. What's so wrong about saying the Shem Hashem? What's so wrong about saying the Shem Hashem? 
What's wrong about saying Hashem Hashem is that to say the shame implies that you understand it. To pronounce it, to use it implies that you that you have a um, uh, an understanding. And either to the two the two flaws over here are to the rikika, I mean the zilzil, to say this is something that doesn't have any deeper importance, or to say I have what the way I understand it is really what it is. Both of those are negating the deeper, uh, truer pursuit of the of, of the of the either because you're you simply mazalzal it, or because you're you treat it like an ordinary uh, like an ordinary name. An ordinary name. If you, if you treat the name the shame Hashem as an ordinary name, and uh, you can uh, and you pronounce it, that means to say. You're not worried about the mistake of the identification. You're not you're not careful and worried about expressing an error in the in your uh, understanding. And the reason why we don't pronounce it is because the the pronounce the, the, the statement is a statement of knowledge, and to pronounce it without the true without the true idea is a distortion of that. And we have to recognize that there's a certain caduceus of shame, there's a certain per perfection of the name, there's a certain uh, depth to the shame. And it's, uh, and, uh, and it would be, a, it is an element of zilzal to, um, to, uh, to treat it like a, like, like a chol. It's a chilol Hashem. What's a chilol Hashem? It means say, you, you, you take, the, you take the the knowledge of Hashem and you just making it like the knowledge of, of, of a regular object. The identification of Hashem and the identification of there's no comparison. This uh, the table is something that we can perceive and understand and grasp. The 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 the, the identification of Hakadosh Baruch can't be similar in any way to uh, to anything else. And and we have to we have to have a certain um, care and recognition of that and someone who has no concern of that he's saying that's a person who is basically um so distant from the reality of god that he has no 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 concern no care no uh trepidation that's a person already who has not um who, who has no it's interesting let's do the last thing he says he says, but Chazal mentioned other things, right? I'm sure you're all familiar with them. Give me who knows one. Everybody knows. Something everybody says. If you do that, you have no chilek. It's not. What's that? Malbim pnei chavera barabim. Ain't chilek malhava. Everybody knows if you're embarrassed somebody in public, you have no chilek malhava. Or... If you call your friend by a nickname, Mara says also you have no chelav Or if you uh, glorify yourself with somebody else's uh, at somebody else's expense, okay. He says lefisha lo yavo ma'isa mina ma'isa mo'ela v'afal pishehim kalim lefimach shevas achoshev ki im minefesh chaseira shlo higia l'shlemus. He says that type of behavior doesn't come, only comes from somebody 
who um, who has no who has a very deficient uh, nefesh and has not reached any level of perfection. So it's not so much a chait that removes a person from olam haba, according to the Ramam, but it's indicative of a certain character. It's indicative of a certain level of perfection. And in the Yad, he says, it's only if you do it constantly, meaning it's like part of who you are. Like that doesn't mean, look, there's a chait. It's not, it's not an onesh for the chait. Onesh for the chait could be one time. To say it's it's like a litmus test, so to speak, of what type of a person are you? Are you a very low-level person uh, who has no um, no no concern for selim elokim of another individual, no concern for um, you know basic kavod um, adam and uh, and um, perfection of midos and things like that? So that that's indicative of something. The other ones are more philosophical errors. This he sounds like he's saying it's just is just a um, in, in general the level of his of his perfection is is, um, is, is so deficient that it's not really Kalamaba. But again, that's what I was saying to you before. It would seem that it, it would mean like the Swarmachitonim too. That's who he is. That's that's the type of that, that, that defines who he is. Not a guy who reads it. Not a, these things are not onshin. Not like a chait. You read the sefer chiton and you, you lose all of it. It means it's a description, like apikoros. It's a description of, of what type of person you are. So if you are that type of person, there's a miskabi bekalon chavero, or your mavaza chavero burabim. That's your outlook that's your you, 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 the way you operate like uh you know a political operative and you don't have any care for anything other than uh you know getting ahead uh that's you're, you're so far from what truth and perfection is that that uh that you're not you don't have a hell of a interesting okay so we'll, we'll try to put this together more in the ramam goes into his formal 13. You have to try to see, well, what is the idea of the Isodas he's trying to lay up? Okay.